Oh Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O oh God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O oh Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ, Lamb of our salvation. You may be seated. We join in singing Psalm 31, printed for you on the insert. We'll sing the verses responsively by the double verse and join in the refrains and glory be to the Father. I trust in you, O Lord, I say, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Are my rock and my fortress. For the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Free me from the trap that is set for me. For you are my refuge. I trust in you, O Into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. I hate those who cling to worthless idols. I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your love. For you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. You have not handed me over to the enemy, but have set my feet in a spacious place. I trust in you, O Lord. I Merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and my body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish 
and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction, and my bones grow weak. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from my enemies and from those who pursue me. I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. Love the Lord, all his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God.
the history of the suffering and death of our Lord Jesus Christ according to our harmony of the Gospels, part three. Jesus' suffering before the spiritual authorities. Then the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. And they led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Now Caiaphas was he who gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And they led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside. Then that other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to her who kept the door and brought Peter in. And the servants and officers who had made a fire of coals stood there, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself so that he could see the end. Then the servant girl who kept the door, seeing Peter in the light as he warmed himself, looked intently at him and said, And you were also with Jesus of Galilee. You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He denied before them all and said, Woman, I am not. I do not know him. I do not know what you are saying. The high priest then asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where the Jews always meet, and in secret I have said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask those who hear me what I have said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. And when he had said these things, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Do you answer the high priest like that? Jesus answered, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. And a little while after the first denial, when he had gone out to the entrance, the rooster crowed. And another girl saw him and again began to say to those who were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Then they said to him, Aren't you one of his disciples? And another said, You are also one of them. And he denied again and swore to it and said, Man, I am not, and I do not know the man. And after about the space of one hour, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely you are also one of them, for you are a Galilean, and your speech betrays you. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Then he began to curse and swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed a second time. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered Jesus' word, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now the chief priests, the elders, and all the council sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none, 
even though many false witnesses came forward, for their testimony did not agree. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and gave false testimony against him and said, We heard him say, I can and will destroy the temple of God that is made with hands. And within three days I will build another made without hands. And not even then did their testimony agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? I adjure you by the living God that you tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, It is as you have said, I am. Hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look, now you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him and said, He is guilty of death. And the men who held Jesus mocked him and spat in his face and beat him. And others blindfolded him and struck him in the face, saying, Prophesy to us, Christ, who is it that struck you? and many other things that they, they blasphemously spoke against him. When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people came together and took counsel concerning Jesus to put him to death. And they led him into their counsel, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. And he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I also ask you, you will by no means answer me or let me go. Hereafter the Son of Man will sit on the right hand of the power of God. Then they all said, Are you then the Son of God? And he said to them, You rightly say that I am. And they said, What further testimony do we need? We ourselves have heard it from his own mouth. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Deliver me, O Lord my God, for you are the God of my salvation. Against me. In you, O Lord, do I put my trust. Leave me not, O Lord my God. Rescue me from my enemies. Protect me from those who rise against me. Deliver me, O Lord my God, for you are the God of my salvation. Rescue me from my enemies. Protect me from those who
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Consider for a moment whether Peter's denial of Jesus in the courtyard of the high priest was consistent with his character. I mean, if you knew him, would it have surprised you to hear what he did? On the one hand, you might not be surprised that that Peter spoke out boldly, confidently, quickly, without necessarily thinking through what he said. You say, well, that's Peter. On the other hand, this is the same Peter who, when asked by Jesus, who do you say that I am? Peter confidently said, you are the Christ the Son of the living God. When Jesus asked his disciples, are you too going to leave me? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. This is the Peter who at Jesus' word walked on water towards Jesus for a little bit. And when Jesus spoke of his upcoming suffering and death, and Peter said confidently, I will lay down my life for your sake. I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. He said, even if everyone else falls away, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. This is the Peter who just hours, if that, earlier, pulled out a sword to cut off a man's ear just to defend his dear Lord. See, it's not as though Peter's fall was was some kind of gradual decline into apostasy. It's not like he started drifting away from his faith in Jesus over time, and only eventually reached the point that he would say, I don't know the man. This was a matter of hours, if that. The the very fact that Peter, after all of the disciples, all of the apostles had fled from the Garden of Gethsemane, he found his way with John into the high priest's courtyard. That's evidence of his devotion to Jesus. Of all the disciples, apparently only Peter and John didn't totally abandon him. For he could have stayed away. He could have just gone home and stayed there. So perhaps Jesus' warning, watch and pray, lest you fall into temptation, is not a warning only for those at risk. It's not just for disciples who are likely to fall away or maybe already have. It's not just for the less committed, the less faithful but it is a warning specifically for those like Peter and you 
For those who have consistently and clearly confessed Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God, to those who have committed yourselves to following Jesus, to to promise before God and, and, and before a Christian congregation to suffer all things, even death, rather than fall away from him. And you do follow him. You've come, even tonight, to listen carefully to what has happened to him. Let others flee. Let others go their way, either out of fear or unbelief or whatever else. You come. You follow. Watch and pray. Peter gained entrance to the high priest's courtyard because it says John was known to the high priest. What we're not told is whether or not John was also recognized as also being one of Jesus' disciples. He was from Galilee too, and he was in the garden. So either either John did manage successfully to hide his association with Jesus, and they didn't know, they didn't ask, and so he didn't volunteer. Or perhaps, and I think this is more likely, they did know that John was one of his disciples and that was okay. No harm came to him. I can only imagine that it was fear that was what led Peter, that tempted Peter to lie when asked. Fear that being associated with Jesus would get him arrested too, perhaps, or, or, or somehow treated badly, made fun of if only. Or maybe he just didn't want to answer questions. Maybe he wasn't in the mood to talk. But it may have been that his fears were not even justified. Maybe nothing would have happened to him at all if he had just been honest. Who knows? Maybe they were just curious about Jesus and would have listened to him tell more about him. On the other hand, maybe the fears were justified. After all, just hours earlier, Peter had committed himself to prison or even death with Jesus if it came to that. For Jesus had told them, he had told them that those who would follow him must also carry a cross too. But now Peter was not willing to do that. And instead, while Jesus was on trial, Peter was warming himself by the fire. The servants and the officers of the high priest, some of whom may have taken part in arresting Jesus, the relatives of of Malchus, the man Peter cut off his ear, were hanging out by the fire keeping warm. And it seems that Peter preferred their company than risk being brought in to be on trial with Jesus. It could be fear that tempts us and leads us today to deny our Lord. Sometimes just moments after we have confessed him and committed ourselves to him. Probably not so dramatically as for us to say, I don't, I swear I don't know the man. Although the reasons for which we swear might not be much better. 
Notice that when Peter is pressed about Jesus, they asked him, you are with this Jesus of Galilee or Jesus of Nazareth. But in that whole series, Peter doesn't even use Jesus' name. Peter, who says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, to Jesus' face, now says, I don't know this man. This man of whom you speak. Turns out you don't have to use Jesus' name to blaspheme him. And the fact that you don't is telling. Perhaps we have sometimes managed to do what Peter was trying to do that night, to blend in with the crowd, to look like everyone else, to not stand out from the crowd, to look and talk like everyone else. If we are successful, We live our lives like everyone else. We have the same goals, share the same pleasures, make the same jokes, do the same things. No one will ever call us out. They'll never make us uncomfortable, ask us any questions. If possible, they won't even recognize us as Christians. That's not our goal, is it? Perhaps it's just our way of keeping warm, keeping safe, keeping comfortable, avoiding controversy or confrontation. When we're at church, we're bold, we'll confess with Jesus. But when we're out in the cold courtyard or the workplace or school or the community, then then we best keep our head down and mouth shut. And in doing so, deny that you know him. Of course, if you continue to do that, talk like this, it may eventually be true. And the opposite is the the reverse as well. Wouldn't it be horrifying if Jesus were to to say the same of you? I don't know the man. I never knew you. Jesus did say, everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. So watch and pray. Jesus said to his disciples just hours before, watch and pray lest you fall. Peter fell, and so have you. But not forever. For we hear immediately, while he was still talking, a rooster crowed. The rooster, the rooster's crow calls to mind what Jesus had said just hours earlier. Perhaps you have not watched. Perhaps you have not prayed as you ought. But when Peter recalled what Jesus had said, perhaps he also recalled Jesus saying, Simon, Simon, I have prayed for you 
that your faith may not fail. Where Peter fell, Jesus stood. Jesus, at the very moment that Peter was denying him, Jesus was confessing, was telling the truth before the chief priest. Who are you? Are you the Christ? I am. The rooster's crow was a wake-up call to Peter to call him to repentance. And when Jesus turned and looked directly at Peter, it was not only a rebuke, but it was a look of love that called him to repentance and also called him to, to fear and love and trust in Jesus alone. At Jesus' look, at the rooster's crow, and in remembrance of Jesus' word, then Peter went out. He went away from the fire, away from the courtyard, and it says, he wept bitterly. I dare say that Peter's tears were probably the most honest thing to come out of his head that night. Yet these are no crocodile tears. For these, I think we can safely say, are the work of Jesus, who had prayed for him, who had warned him, who had loved him, who had told the truth for him, suffered for him, died for him. And after he had risen, when Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? He could honestly say, yes, Lord. Peter's tears, Peter's repentance was Jesus' work to bring him to repentance, faith, and love, to turn him. They are repentant tears that hate the sin that causes us to stumble. And at the same time, tears of love for the Jesus who suffered and died for that sin. Earlier, Jesus had told Peter, Peter, he says, I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail, but he says, but when you have turned again, strengthen your brethren. And later, after his resurrection, Jesus repeated that sentiment when he told Peter, feed my sheep and feed my lambs. Those who believe and follow Jesus, his disciples, need not follow him in fear of repercussions or need not desire to blend in with the world. Do keep watch and keep praying just as Jesus watches and prays for you. Continue to weep in repentance, even in faith and love for this Lord that you may live to confess your Jesus freely before men. Even as your Jesus promises to acknowledge to confess you before your Father who is in heaven. Amen. Please stand. We join in singing the Magnificat, the Song of Mary, using the hymn printed in our order.
Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways, and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. O God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.